Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. Our intrinsic value table has already reached 60 stocks and I really wanted to do a video as I get a lot of questions on how does it work, what are the key inputs to put in the template, the intrinsic value, how do we get that and then how do we compare it all so that it can be useful also for you. You can add your own stocks, you can follow your portfolio into this table and then you can see the key of the table is to see what is the value, the intrinsic value of the business comparing for you, for your return, comparing it to the stock market. If you get value from this video, don't forget to smash that like button. Also, the template is downloadable for free in the link in the description below. A similar template for those who want more detail from my work, the deep research that I do, my portfolios, a similar template is on my stock market research platform and you can check that out too. There is a 28-day money-back guarantee so you can check everything, the free and the premium template, see how it fits you and then I think it will give you value to your investment whether it's just free or premium. Let's start with the content. So we'll quickly go through the intrinsic value template, just an overview. Then we'll do the inputs, what is what, and we'll finalize by updating it with Google and Apple that recently had great earnings. So how that updating works is also what I want to show here. So the template is pretty simple. We have the stocks that I have analyzed. I started this in February, so this is over the last three months, about 60 publicly analyzed stocks. I do also the premium version, don't forget about that. We have the ticker, we have the market cap or price, depending on what I used in my valuation. So if it's USD billion here, then it's the market cap. If it's just USD, then is the stock price. This is the intrinsic value for a 10% expected return. That's the key to understand. I use 10% as expected return for the business because it gives me a great comparative perspective on what is overvalued for me for my 10% return. We just discussed the Dow and how it's good if you expect a 6-7% return. I always try for 10% and more, so that's why I use 10%. You can use whatever discount rate you want. Here is the ratio comparing the current value, price market value with the 10% intrinsic value. Some are overvalued, some are undervalued for that. Here is the link to the research for each stock, some videos, some reports. Here you can click to the intrinsic value calculation template that we'll discuss in a moment. And here you click and you go back to the intrinsic value, the date of the analysis, the update, the type of the business is here, the currency, as I said, and then a quick comment on what I think of the business, what is the main risk. So it gives you a great overview on what is what and how it can be compared. If you go to your data set in Excel, this is Dutch, so it is a little bit strange, but if you click on data, then everything should update here on the market cap and price that I have in my own Google 
cheat account so market and this updates as you update the data and you can add another sheet here if you want to have your own data updated you just set up a google finance sheet for yourself for extra stocks there you can find how to do that on google so as said you can download this you can play around with this let's go to the inputs there are four key inputs when it comes to intrinsic value calculation the current creation of value that you are going to take earnings cash flows dividends it should be all the same it depends later how you put the growth rates how you use the discount rate and what is the terminal va value for those earnings that determine the intrinsic value whatever you use should be the same sometimes i use this sometimes i use that it is not that relevant as long as you know why are you using what and how you assess it later let's start with the key inputs input number one what are we going to take as the basis of our valuation are we going to take earnings dividends cash flows so some companies have similar earnings to cash flows like we'll see with apple pay little dividends so it's better to use the cash flows for evaluation some companies are really focused on dividends so it's better easier to use the dividend for that valuation it is as simple as that you have to always think okay how does this company this business reward me as a shareholder that's the key when you see how it rewards you as a shareholder that's the best input to put in if it is let's say a dividend stock put the dividend if there are earnings or free cash flows that go into buybacks maybe then put whatever you feel is better there if we take an example i don't know here whatever we have discussed verizon you have the link to the analysis if you click here you see that i have taken here the dividend as an input because verizon is a dividend stock and then later it depends the valuation the intrinsic value later depends on the growth rate discount rate and terminal multiple that we'll discuss in a sec also the key question here is if you use per share data like dividend of earnings per share then you compare to the price if you use net income or cash flow as for the whole company from the financial statement not per share then you compare it to the market capitalization now the second input is the growth rate and a lot of questions have arrived then how do you estimate the growth rate the first key is it is an estimation all these estimations to, that we take for valuation will be 100 percent wrong the point is that we try to be vaguely right of course it's about the future it's impossible to know what will happen in the future but we try to be vaguely right and then think about it of course it's about the future but the price and the intrinsic value we try to derive is for now we are doing this to get the value now for what might happen in the future and see how that compares to other investment opportunities so it is about the value now compared to other investment opportunities because the future is always uncertain however the more you know about the business the more you know about the sector about the industry about the competition the margins the room to run the runway for the business how much growth total addressable market modes etc management quality the easier it will be to assess the growth rate also for the company it's simply 
the more you know about the business. Yesterday, I spent four or five hours watching Gazprom's Investors Day. The more you know, the better feeling you have about it. And then you can make better future assumptions. For Verizon, I have used the dividend and the growth rate. I have put 5% dividend growth rate over the next five years. And then as the capex for the 5G plans subdues a little bit and the cash flows increase, then 10%. Some say it's exuberant, some say it's not exuberant. But let's say this is my valuation and the intrinsic value is 57 if case Verizon grows the dividend 5 and then 10%. If we compare the valuation to the current stock price, we are exactly at 57. So this might be the reason why Warren Buffett bought. This is my also estimation for valuation. And that's an interesting business if you want to own also from a dividend and the growth perspective. You can check, of course, my video on Verizon if you click here on the research link. Where are we? Here. Now, another controversial topic on the input is the discount rate. There are academics that think the discount rate should be adjusted for risk, for country risk, for weighted average cost of capital that Charlie Munger calls absolute bullshit, that he has never heard uh, intel intelligent conversation about those things. So I agree with them because I am an absolute investor. How they say grandma style or uh, street style. I look, this is what I pay, this is what I get from it. And that's about it. That solves all the issues because that's actually what gives your return. Whether the stock is a little bit more volatile than the market, what is the risk-free rate? What do I care about the risk-free rate? Because first, there is no risk-free rate. And secondly, well, well, that's it. Too many factors to assess something. It's beautiful mathematically, beautiful mathematical models, but from a perspective of value, it's worthless. So I just look, this is what it is, this is what I get, and I compare things by using a 10% return. Some companies like Verizon will be fairly priced, some companies for a 10% return, as we have seen in the Dow, will be overvalued. I watch that compared to the stock price and just see how things evolve there for the businesses I know. Claudio said how this is utterly arbitrary and personal and instead you should compute a discount rate on the base of risk-free rates, specific risk of the market and the country in which the company operates. I said that I totally disagree because I'm an absolute investor. This is about me and that's what I care about. I don't care about what some academic somewhere thinks. We'll elaborate more in detail. I'll make a detailed research report also for my free course on this, but that will come when I have the time. For now, you can use whatever you want. You can go to the modern and you can use his values, but I think my expected return is 10% from a comparative perspective, then I try to find the best intrinsic values compared to the 10% and that's it. I compare, go for the best and look for absolute returns in the teens, which gives me, let's say, a long-term benefit from a business perspective. That's how I do it. You can do it however you want. Of course, you can change here the discount rate and then 
everything changes in the valuation, Verizon is extremely undervalued if you put a discount rate of 7%. Risk-free rate in the US is 2, equity premium means that I have to add 4 and that's 6. So Verizon is extremely undervalued from that perspective. As said, for me market volatility is not a factor, business stability is a factor. So I look at businesses from an absolute perspective, like the stock market would not exist. That's investing, that's value investing. The last input is the terminal multiple. I have made a video on that and this is also very interesting. A lot of questions, how do you estimate the terminal multiple? You will be 100% wrong because we don't know what will the market be thinking in 2030. But again, it is about you. What do you think? What would you be happy with in 2030 from a business conservative perspective? Put that into the terminal multiple and then again get a comparative value for now. The Verizon dividend yield is now 4.38%. 100 divided by 4.38 you are at 20 something. So terminal multiple 20, this implies a 5% dividend yield on the dividend in 2030. If the market gives 5% dividend yield to Verizon, that's the multiple of 20. If we increase the multiple to 25, 4% dividend yield, then the intrinsic value is already higher. That is how it works. So you have to see, always try to be more conservative. In this case, I think that the market will value Verizon at 5% dividend yield. If we have higher interest rates, if we have 5-6% interest rates from treasuries like we had in 2008-1999, then Verizon's dividend will be 7%, 8%. So we'll have to change the terminal multiple. So we'll have to put here 12. But if you put a similar perspective, conservative perspective on the whole table, then these conservative values will be perfectly comparable and that's the key. We don't know whether interest rates will be at 20% in 2030, but what we can know is compare the current opportunities in line with conservative estimations. That's best. Who knows what will the future bring? Another factor here in the table is the present value. If you take into account dividends, then of course you get those dividends on your account and then you have to calculate the present value of each dividend payment that gets to you and that is then summarized into the intrinsic value table alongside the present value of the terminal value in 20. 30. So all of this makes up the intrinsic value because you can decide what to get do with these dividends and the present value of the dividends. However, if we compare this to Berkshire, for example, Berkshire doesn't pay a dividend and doesn't want to pay a dividend, then you don't calculate the present value of the cash flows here because those cash flows are reinvested. If you calculate them, then there is the risk that you calculate them twice. These cash flows are reinvested, so I prefer to include that growth into the growth rate. So I might be a little bit conservative here with Berkshire. We'll have to increase this to 7-8%, which is Buffett's target monger. So Sven, you should be a little bit more trustful into Buffett and Munger. But I don't include here the present value calculation for the yearly 
cash flows because those are reinvested. So I should include them here in the growth. Of course, if it is a dividend calculation, then you include the money that gets to you. If it is a company like in this case Nutrien that has good earnings cash flows that I used cash flows here and they have a 75% dividend payout ratio then I have multiplied the present value of the cash flows with 0.775 which gives me the money I get as a dividend I'm not long Nutrien for disclaimer anymore then as a dividend it gives with to me and that's what I calculate so here really calculate only what you really get if it is buybacks you don't get that money then include it into the growth rate and when we put everything we can have uh, better scenarios worst case scenario put that in also let's say this is a good estimation on what can the market tell me? If the market becomes exuberant, gives a high terminal multiple, uh, high growth for the company, how high can the stock go? This is also good for selling perspectives. And then also for a margin of safety, in worst case scenario, what does happen in the worst case scenario? And can I handle it? Then you can put the probabilities here for an intrinsic value. So this is very important to make this exercise to have a range of scenarios. So let's say base case scenario, exuberant case. Okay, this can happen to the stock price I'm going to hold. And this is the worst case scenario, margin of safety. So unlikely that it gets worse than this, or I'm very happy to buy at this price. This intrinsic value is then brought here in the intrinsic value for the 10% return compared to the market price levels and then you have a ratio here. Berkshire will likely lead to 5-6% return. Berkshire weekend is coming up. I'll make an analysis of Berkshire. I'll update on the earnings and I'll also make a summary of the conference call. So I hope you'll enjoy Berkshire's weekend with me this weekend. And I find such a way of valuation very good to compare what's going on alongside looking at the profit and loss on your portfolio, but also following companies that might get more interesting. For example, now I see smart centers, a little bit lower, so 110. So it gets interesting to recheck when the time comes. Pharma stocks not doing as good as one would expect. So Verizon here, the intrinsic value has changed a little bit here. What did we do? Ah, we changed the terminal multiple. That's the difference. That's what makes it undervalued. Now it's already improved. So uh, that's the change there. And now we have to update a little bit. We had Apple earnings this week. So let's do that. Let's check Apple cash flows. I have put a 5.5 per share here before the earnings. Now I took a look at earnings and I have seen that the earnings from the last quarter were much, much higher than the previous one. So we add $1 per share per earnings. And also here for the six months ended so went from just below two to above three and earnings cash flows for apple are pretty similar they are using all that for mostly buybacks so i have to increase the cash flows per share by 5.5 definitely to 6.5 because that is the increase that happened and if we then see okay but they really did grow 
perhaps for the stimulus, perhaps for the money that flew in and people buying and still being in lockdown over this winter. So I'm not going to change my growth rates. I'm going to keep a terminal multiple of 20, which is much lower than what the market has. The market has 30 now. So if the company keeps on growing, then it will be even higher. So it can be said it's even cheap, the stock. But I'm staying conservative. I increase the cash flow now for the good quarter, keep the 8% growth rates, which is including buybacks. So cash flow per share should increase because of business development and buybacks. Conservative terminal multiple, intrinsic value 100. In the exuberant case scenario, 180, where it's really exuberant estimations and terminal multiples. The bad case scenario, the terminal multiple is much lower. So this can also happen. From my perspective, let's say with 133, Apple is a little bit overvalued, but it wasn't far just a year, two years ago. It wasn't far from the lower end of my estimate. Another business that smashed earnings with 50% growth, crazy numbers is Google. Then we go back to our comparative table, Google. So here we have cash flows. Now they will they say they will add 50 billion of cash flows for buyback. So really returning it to shareholders. That's really staggering numbers. And if they keep growing at 15%, terminal multiple of 25 on the cash flows, then the intrinsic value is 1.5 trillion. In this case, I have used cash flows in billions and uh, market cap. This is the stock price, but we have to check the market cap 1.6 trillion. So for the growth, for the estimations here, if just Google keeps on growing at 15 and 10%, which is conservative and the market keeps a 25% terminal multiple, then the intrinsic value is not far from the stock price, in this case, the market cap of 1.6. In an exuberant environment, this can easily go up 25% or more. This didn't adjust automatically, so 50. So 20% growth could be achieved, terminal multiple of 34 a growth stock. There is still room 60% higher for Google. And then you see, what do you want to own? How does it fit here? Google, is now much close for a great business. Just did the video on it, so you can check that, which was before earnings. So very interesting. And then you compare, you see, what do you like? What do you like to own for your financial goals? Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you. And I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.